I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. And welcome to Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast. From me, you get 50 years of knowledge playing fantasy sports. And from Eric, you get the kind of insight you can only get from a guy who's been a top player on the NFL stage. And we're going to address that in just a minute. But I want to tell you that a top-notch quarterback with the Bears and Lions and Chargers, he's been there and lends his firsthand knowledge to the things you need to guide your fantasy team to victory. And again, from me, 50 years. I've been doing this for 50 years. Years. That's when I first started playing fantasy. And I've had leagues since then. Been I've barely been alive 50 uh, I, years. <laughs> I know. That, that, that's the interesting part. We're going to get to something about you here in just a minute, which I think is going to blow people's minds. It may blow your mind, too, because I don't even think you know about it. Uh, the drafts are complete. We're ready for week one of the NFL season. Every Tuesday, Eric and I will preview the players game by game so you can make your choices for the upcoming Thursday night and weekend games through Monday. We hope your draft was a good one. I did not get the guy I wanted in my dynasty league. League, David Montgomery, but I did get my second choice, wide receiver, Keneal Harry of the Patriots, whom I chose in the first round, who immediately went on IR, and I also got him in another league and had Whoops. to drop him today. So, um, the best laid plans. In my regular league, I chose first, got Saquon Barkley and David Montgomery, along with Ben Roethlisberger. So, that was where I went. And to show you, uh, I listened to my co-host and took his advice. <laughs> I did get TJ Hawkinson, and in both leagues, okay, here you go, I took Gronk. Based on Eric's thoughts, Gronkowski will come back around week eight, and I'm going to hold you to that, my friend. You pay attention. I, like I did. I, I'm telling you, man. It's and, free, and too. Matter of fact, when I drafted him, somebody said, got some inside information? And I said, yeah, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on radio.com, the mobile app, Libsum, and wherever you get to your podcast. Now, the easiest way, perhaps, is just to go to our website. That's KramerandBrill.com, and the podcasts are listed on the podcast page, or you can find them by clicking at the top of the homepage to ch- check out KramerandBrill.com. You can reach us, by the way, via the contact page. So I do have a little house cleaning to do. Uh, due to a technical glitch, we have not been on Stitcher and iTunes. What? Uh, yeah, that's been cleared up. So uh, you can now Thank find God. us on Stitcher, and uh, iTunes will be coming very shortly, and maybe even by the time you hear this po- podcast. So let me introduce to you my friend, colleague, and co-host Eric Kramer. It's been a whirlwind nine weeks, and now the season. Are you ready? Let's rev it up. Okay. I'm going to throw something at you here. Now, you may wonder... A guy who played in the NFL, is he really qualified to be a fantasy football expert? Maybe, maybe not. Well, in 1995, you were the number 32 player overall in fantasy production. Fantastic. You were the number six quarterback. Now, do you realize who three of the guys were ahead of you? I got to guess. Okay. Who do you think? I would say f- uh, probably Steve Young, Brett Favre, and... Um, Hmm. Maybe Warren Moon. Warren Moon was right. Okay. Brett Favre was right. You were 20 spots ahead of, Eric, of uh, Steve Young. I knew that. Yeah. John Elway was the, <laughs> other, was the other one. Now, there's two guys on there that, you know, um, I remember, you remember because you played at the same time, that not too many other people remember. That's Scott Mitchell. Yeah. And remember Jeff Blake? I do. The Bengals. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Jeff had maybe had one, two good years. But that's pretty impressive, man. You were number six quarterback. Three guys ahead of you out of the five were Hall of Famers. Yep. And on top of that, you were the number 32 guy, which means basically you were uh, in a, a full league. You'd be a first-round pick, but in uh, most leagues you'd be a second-round pick, which is pretty doggone impressive. That no one saw coming. No one saw coming, except a friend of mine, one of the guys (laughs) in my leagues who who drafted you and always tell me, make sure I say hi to Eric. Okay. 
Game by game. Thursday night, we kick things off with your Chicago Bears hosting the Packers for yep. me. Uh, if I have another top 12 quarterback on my roster, I'm not starting Aaron Rodgers. The reason he did If you have another quarterback. Yes. On, yes. Well, and, and top there, 12 or not. Top 12, maybe or top not. 15. Yeah. I'm not starting Aaron Rodgers because he did not play in the preseason. So I think even with so many NFL games under his belt, uh, there'd be a little rust, and you don't want to have rust against the Bears' defense. Now, I think Aaron Jones is a start if you must, but only if you don't have a better option. And I really like Jimmy Graham here, and it's hard not to start Devontae Adams. I also like Geronimo Allison as a flex play. Well, let me just back up here a second and say, first of all, with Aaron Rodgers, even though Khalil Mack dominated that game the first half of the first game last year, Mm Aaron Rodgers did come back in the second half mm-hmm. and played phenomenal on one leg, and the Packers somehow won the game, what was it, 24-23. How so many games did he have under his belt at that point? Uh, that's a good question. Not many. Okay, but the thing is, I not many played, in the season. He has not played in any competition in the preseason. I understand he's not going to play that much anyway because, you know, starting mm-hmm. quarterbacks, starting players don't. But from your experience, do don't you need or would you say you need some sort of cause, tune-up? Because back in the days when you were playing, mm-hmm. you did play yeah. uh, usually a quarter in, in each of those preseason sure. games. Sure. But I think you're, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been at this a while. I don't know how many years. It was mm-hmm. Over 10. So mm-hmm. how much preseason game – experience does he need? I, probably not much, if any. But he doesn't have any. Well, he's, what I'm saying, he probably doesn't need much because they're practicing every day. So, And he's got uh, a tremendous amount of talented players around him to throw the ball to. So anyway, um, let's get over, you know, who I want to talk about, which is the Bears. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, you didn't get David Montgomery in one of your <laughs> fantasy leagues, but I think he's going to be a great play this week, I as is Tarek Cohen. As a possible flex player, Trubisky, I think I'm very impressed with. I think uh, as good of a season, a great of a season as you had last year, he was inconsistent. Sometimes you'd have two or three phenomenal games in a row, and then all of a sudden not show up. And you can't do that week in and week out, but I think the one guy that's going to turn around this year for the Bears over everybody else, and everybody else is still going to have a great year, is Trubisky. Um, Allen Robinson is a great option for him. Uh, Anthony Miller, although he missed the preseason uh, with an injury, I, th- I still think he's going to be a good play. Um, if you've got some other options, though, he uh, might be a question for you as an owner, a fantasy football owner. Uh, now, Tyler Gabriel, I think, is a good flex play play. Um, you know, he's a versatile guy. He's had a lot of uh, production last year when he wasn't uh, hurt. And then uh, no uh, with Anthony Miller maybe being not the uh, in as great a shape as he should be, I think Gabriel's a good play, as a, at least a flex play. I, I believe so, targets. too. And Anthony Miller could be a great uh, – Anthony Miller's going to be their down-the-field home run threat, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, and again, he was limited last year with some injuries. But, uh, you know, Trey Burton could be a good option possibly at tight end. Um, but I would say, you know, uh, make sure he's playing this week. Yeah, I think you got to keep an eye on him. Yeah, because yeah, he uh, he that could change because I know he's a little banged up on at, at the time too. So, so you like the you like this first game? I know this is this is your your game. I'm kind of, kind of glad it's starting on Thursday night. We got the Bears and the Packers because I mean Fan- it, I mean it's you have to it's no coincidence those two teams given the hundred year anniversary of the NFL and the Bears, mm-hmm. and the next year the Packers came in. So these are the two teams that have been playing the longest. 
So it's a great Thursday night. I'm going to be right across the freeway over here watching the game over at Twisted Oak Tavern. With oh, you're going to be over there? Yeah. Okay. I made a reservation today for 10 people, and they said, oh, well, you've already got a reservation for 16. So, uh, <laughs> Bob, we could take one more. You might hey, want to well, show up you know, and make it 17. Well, you know, me and the wife may do that because right, uh, we, we usually go to the uh, the other place, but uh, you're, you're probably going to be on. I may take you up. Uh, pro- and and there's, but believe me, there are both sides of the fence on this game yeah. with who's going to oh, be bet. there. So. I bet. Let's go to uh, the Sunday games. Uh, let's start with the Rams and Panthers. Uh, Jared Goff and Todd Gurley, obviously, start uh, starting in your lineups there. Brad Cooks, Robert Woods should be as well. Cooper Cup, now he's listed as questionable, so you may want to keep an eye on that for the rest of the week. Uh, Tyler Higby has jumped over Gerald Everett on the depth chart, so Everett uh, fans should be looking elsewhere. Uh, defense uh, looks good, too. How about you? Well, yeah. I, I, everybody with the Rams uniform on, I think, fantasy-wise, is going to be good. Um, I, if, if I look at the Panthers, though, I, you know, Cam Newton, um, there's questions about his shoulder, but so far in the preseason he's looked good, although he did turn up with an ankle injury. Uh, was it the third uh, preseason game? But I think, you know, he could possibly be a good play as well, and Christian McCaffrey is going to be great. Curtis Samuel I like as well. Um, you know, and I think, um, you know, they, they've got solid options also offensively. Mm-hmm. The game with uh, the Redskins and the Eagles, uh, I, I'll be honest with you, there's not much to like here for me. Uh, Trey Quinn was questionable, but the bigger issue is Jordan Reed. Uh, word is he was going to be available, but as yesterday, he was still in the concussion protocol. Um, he's had several, um, so keep monitoring. Uh, I wouldn't start him even if he's a go, I'd be honest with you, because of the fact that, you know, he could be a little gun shy. Uh, on, on the offensive line, Trent Williams is out. Uh, that doesn't speak well for Case Keenum, Adrian Peterson, Darius Geis, or even Paul Richardson. Although I like Richardson a lot, uh, he might be a decent flex play. Yeah, I think the, <laughs> the Redskins, unfortunately, <laughs> at this point, are the biggest mystery in the NFL. And, uh, but Philadelphia, you know, is absolutely loaded. So Deshaun Jackson, uh, you know, he apparently has got a little fractured finger, um, may or not play, maybe play, maybe not. Um, But uh, I think, you know, Nelson Aguilar uh, as a slot receiver is an excellent uh, option. Alshon Jeffrey, of course, too. Carson Wentz is, um, you know, his big thing now is he's got to stay healthy because they do not have a, uh, you know, a, a solid backup behind him to start mm-hmm. the season like they've had the last couple of years. I've got to ask you about Jordan Howard. Uh, I think he's going to get every chance uh, uh, and should play. But, uh, you know, got Miles, Miles Sanders waiting in the wings. And, you know, weak opponent, week to week, uh, balancing between Sanders as a flex play and a, another guy, uh, Aaron Choron. Um, what do you think about Sanders uh, in, in, in this game as well? As, I think Jordan Howard's probably going to get every possibility he can. But, you know, I, what do you think on this one? Well, I think Jordan Howard – you know, the reason he's not with the Bears was no accident. Mm-hmm. So I think Matt Nagy wanted a more versatile back, and now that's what he has in David Montgomery, which makes me think that Jordan Howard is going to have something to prove this year. You know, almost on every down, he's going to be trying to prove to the league, to the Bears, to anybody he can, that he's more than what the Bears thought he was. Well, the thing about Sanders, though, you know, um, he's going to get some playing time. Not Maybe not a lot, depending on, like you said, where, where Jordan, uh, uh, his three-down availability. And, and, Probably because Sanders only needs a touchdown to, to make it make a good play. True, and the, the issue with Jordan really isn't his running ability between the tackles. It's his lack of pass receiving or route running ability that has, I think, held him back so far. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you're right. I think Sanders is going to get some opportunities, and, and this – 
Sanders could be could turn into an issue for Jordan Howard or Jordan Howard fantasy football owners. Mm-hmm. Well, I think about you know uh, I I I like uh, to bring out is the guy that replaced Saquon Barkley at Penn State was Sanders. Yeah, you know, and here was a guy he you know he he would have been starting ahead of. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley wasn't there. So, uh, you know, and, and I, I know a lot of guys, especially in dynasty leagues, picked him up fairly early because I think he's a good play. I think he's going to be a really good guy in the future. So I, I, I think, you know, depending on how this team goes by midseason, I have a feeling he may be getting a lot more action. Than you know, and why not? And if he does, great, because he's got, you know, probably the one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. Throwing the ball, spreading the offense or spreading defenses apart. Great play caller in um, Doug Peterson. So yeah, I, Miles Sanders could be a fantastic play as you know your you know second or third running back. Mm. You know we've got um, the Bills and Jets, and we finally get to see Levy on Bell. Two years we've been waiting for this. <laughs> you know, um, le- obviously, you're going to start Le'Veon Bell, even if it's just out of curiosity. But you're going to start Le'Veon. Le'Veon no, if, you're Bell. P- if you've got Le'Veon yeah. Bell, He's you had to pick him high to yeah. get him. Yeah. So you're going to play him no matter what. You know, it's interesting because I saw in most leagues down previous years he was one to maybe falling to three. This year, he in a lot of leagues he was down like eight or nine. And in some leagues, even lower than that, you know, and um, which was just kind of interesting to see the way things fell out. But um, well, this week the Bills, you know, last year defensively were horrible, mm-hmm. horrible. So I think he is a fantastic start this week. I do too. Him. And you like you really like Sam Darnold, uh, so, so yeah, yeah. I, and they've got you know Le'Veon Bell is is going to be Le'Veon Bell all over again, just in a different uniform. Mm-hmm. And they've got an offensive-minded coach. Uh, in in Gase, that's gonna you know I think find a number of ways to get him open in space. Robbie Anderson's battling a calf injury, but uh, we understand he should be ready to go. Uh, One of the better downfield threats. I yes, think. exactly. Uh, now there are better options than Sam Darnold. I, I know Eric, you, you you love this guy, but he, and he's a he's a great player, uh, but uh, he's a play over at least a third of the. NFL starting quarterbacks, but the offensive line is is still banged up. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm saying be cautious here. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And uh, if flipping over to the Bills, I think um, you know they've got a young quarterback who last year I think ended the season fairly well in uh, uh, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Yeah, and and so you know Tyler Croft at tight end. Um, you know I think he's I, I don't see playing him. This week. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, recovered from a broken foot. Yeah, so I think it's probably a little too soon. Uh, LaShawn McCoy um, was signed away, and then I think Devin Singletary is going to get most of the carries, but uh, now they've got Frank Gore and T.J. Yeldon, th- those carries are going to be split up between the three of them. What did you think of uh, them cutting Shady McCoy? I mean, he signed right away like for $4 million with KC, which we're going to get to here in a little bit yeah. when we talk about the well, KC game. This is, I think he's fallen into that category of older running back. Mm-hmm. where he at one point in his career could do everything, run, receive, catch, uh, get yards after the catch, and, and, and break away runs. But I think he's if – if last year was an indication, he's kind of going the opposite direction. So I think, you know, that's the reason you're not going to see him back next year or this year. 
I want to take a real quick break here, tell you about uh, the uh, latest uh, on our, our podcast, of course. Again, uh, you can find us on Stitcher, Libsyn, uh, pretty much anywhere you, uh, you, you get your podcasts. And, of course, go to KramerandBrill.com where you go right to the top of the homepage and you can click on um, that. That'll take you to the website where all the uh, – there podcasts are listed also you go to the podcast page on our website which is there too also want to tell you that uh, if you get a chance uh, if, if you like westerns if you're uh, a person who really likes to read westerns lancer hero of the west is my western novel series uh five books so far uh starting in probably about march we'll release number six there'll be 10 in all uh it's a fun fun read if, especially if you like good guy westerns uh uh it, lancer is kind of a unique guy and he has a different adventure he works out of tombstone and that's where he does his basis, and then he goes to a different city. Uh, the latest book is uh, The New Orleans Affair. Uh, you can find them on bobbrillbooks.com. Uh, and if you like, I'll sign them for you to say so. Uh, or you can go to Amazon or pretty much anywhere where you uh, get your books, you can order them from. So uh, get a chance. And all my books, uh, if you go to amazon.com, uh, just under books, just uh, put my name in, in the search engine, and all my books will come up And because there's more than just the Western series. Uh, getting back to the NFL Week 1, let's talk about the Falcons and the Vikings. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of offense from guys who will be playing here. Uh, what's not to like on the Falcons? you got <laughs> Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, Devonta Freeman, Austin Hooper, Calvin Ridley, you know, all first-line starters. Edo Smith, a flex play at running back, certainly. As you know, win-loss-wise, last year was not a great year for the Falcons right. coming off that Super Bowl loss the previous year. But... Numbers-wise, they all had phenomenal seasons. So I think this year their line's going to be short up now. Going into the season, there's a lot to like offensively about the Falcons. So, yeah, I think you hit all the main players um, right on the money. And, uh, you know, the the one guy, um, I can't remember his name right now, the, the running back that actually went to San Francisco, right, that was initially came in for Devontae Freeman. Mm-hmm. Um, uh you know, I think that's going – Devontae Freeman. Oh, Devin Coleman? Dev, mm, te- yes, exactly. Yes. So I think, uh, you know, the biggest question mark for them is going to be, is Devontae Freeman back to where he was a couple years ago? You know, that's one of my questions too. And, uh, you know, that's why uh, I know I think he fell quite a bit in the running backs uh, for this year's draft. And I know I shied away from him uh, only because, you know, to me, you know, running backs normally have a three – year solid career if they go five that's tremendous they're usually starting to tail off at that point uh and when there's an injury in that first three sometimes that's going to not only limit production in maybe the third year but also maybe really cut short that year okay Uh, then i'm cutting him okay (laughs) no i'm just kidding yeah he he definitely needs to break that mold then and uh you know and He's around a lot of other talented players mm. offensively, so I think he's got a good shot at coming back. Uh, but the Vikings, you know, there's a lot to like there too. Kirk Cousins had a quiet, solid fantasy football league uh, season last year, um, but then you've got a lot of guys around him. Oh my, and so yeah, right really. Receiving wise, he's got plenty of options. And then I think the biggest uh, wild card there is Dalvin Cook, and if he was to come back healthy and be as productive as it what looks like he can be both running the ball, which I think they're going to feature him a lot, mm-hmm. and then receiving. He's also a solid uh, starter there. So, you know, um, Ky- Kyle Rudolph is a, a solid player, but as, you know, we've 
or I've talked about leading up to the season, is Irv Smith out of Alabama at tight end. He's more the downfield, stretch the defense type of tight end you know, than I Kyle Rudolph. Up. I picked him up in both leagues. But wow, based, you're listening. Based on your I, I like listen it. to you. I like it. I like it. You know, you don't listen to me, but I listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you, you steered me away from Devontae Freeman. Well, there the, you go. The, the See, running I mean, back, you know. yeah. <laughs> Ravens, Dolphins, uh, this one, uh, you know I hate the Ravens. I still hate the Ravens, but that's because I'm a Pittsburgh guy. That's the Pittsburgh coming out in me. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, solid starters. Uh, but, you know, the rest of the cast, I'm looking at maybe flex players. Willie Sneed, uh, he's at the top of the depth chart, uh, but, um, you know, top over uh, Marquise Brown. Mm-hmm. Seth Roberts uh, and the tight end, Mark Andrews, who's starting ahead of Hayden Hurst, who's really fallen to number three on the depth chart, which uh, kind of surprised me. Gus Edwards at running back could get some action, but uh, Ken Dixon, he's on IR. And Justin Hill uh, should see limited playing time as well. So I, I think you have a lot of more flex players there than you do uh, starters, although Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram, I, I, I believe, are, are definite starters. Mark, you know, the only reason you wouldn't start, I think, uh, Lamar Jackson is if you had somebody who was higher ranked. Well, I think you know we're going to find out if the Ravens really are what – They've been publicizing themselves to be, and the media's kind of uh, jumped on the bandwagon as to Lamar Jackson and this new offense run by Greg Roman, how really different and uh, progressive this offense is is going to be and productive. So they showed signs of of being on the way to doing those things last year. And, uh, you know, can Lamar Jackson now be like a real, consistent, accurate, NFL quarterback and if he can with the way he can run and bring an added dimension to this offense that will open up a lot of options for him offensively so guys like as you mentioned Willie Sneed and Marquise Brown and um, I think Mark Andrews is an excellent tight end so that can open up this whole playbook for the, for the is, is Lamar Jackson Deshaun Watson in a different uniform no no I don't he's nowhere near as accurate as Deshaun Watson is yet that doesn't mean he can't grow to be more like that, but I don't think he's ever going to be Deshaun Watson as a complete quarterback. But I think running the ball, they're go- but see, Deshaun Watson with the Texans, they're not designing his offense for him like the Ravens are for Lamar Jackson. Deshaun Watson's, you know, he's, they just added Larry McTunsell mm-hmm. at left tackle. So he's more of a classic drop-back guy that now can escape and run out of the pocket. That was a big trade over the weekend. We're going to talk about that coming up, too. Um, what, do, what do you like on uh, the Dolphins' side of the ball? Well, you know, not much because they, they've <laughs> got, a, you know, as maybe more so than Washington, they've got question marks all over the place. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't think they really – I don't think they're settled on who's going to play quarterback. I don't they, – they just, as we said, trade away Larry Tunsil, uh, along with Kiko Alonso on defense and Kenny Stills as a receiver. Yeah. So I don't – there's not a lot to me – to like about the Dolphins in fantasy football. Yeah, Wilson and Grant, the wide receivers, are only playable as flex players, and that's, a, I think, a, an outside shot as well. All right, here we go. Chiefs and Jags. You know, I think every starter is going to get lots of playing time due to the fact that they have five offensive skill position guys on IR and uh, one on suspension. So, you know, obviously it looks like Mahomes and crew, Damian Williams, uh, Tyrone Hill, or Tyreek Hill, uh, Sammy Watkins, uh, Travis Kelsey, even uh, Demarcus Robinson uh, should be starting. Now, we talked about LaShawn McCoy, and I, I think there's, there's sort of a quandary here. And the, the reason I bring this up is that 
he's going to need some time to adjust to the playbook. Really? But the playbook Here is, an, is Andy playbook. Reid's playbook. So yeah. he's not going to need that much. Uh, <laughs> I think he's a decent flex play this week. He's a great flex play. And, and like you said, he's back home again in the offense that he's performed best in, in his career. And all the weapons around him, again, he's got Andy Reid calling plays for Patrick McHolmes, and it's just there's nobody. If you have a Kansas City Chiefs offensive player on your fantasy football team, unless I don't know who who you would sit them in place of, so I can't even think of a guy you would. No, I, I can't either. And, and the thing is, volume, 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 which is key in fantasy football, you're going to get with this team due to the fact that, like I said, they got five guys on IR. And, um, uh, and on their death chart, and they've got one on suspension. So, you know, you're not going to have too many guys coming in to fill in at those positions and, and, and take the ball or take take the targets and, and that kind of stuff. So uh, the Jags, know. what are you thinking? Well, you know, this is they've got some question marks too because they've got now um, – uh, what's the quarterback that came over from Philadelphia? Um, oh, um, uh, Foles? Uh, yeah, Nick yeah, Foles. Yeah, Foles. Can't believe I forgot a Super Bowl winner a couple <laughs> years ago. But, but uh, you know, Leonard Fournette's a big question mark. And he's – the question of Mark, really, the question is about him. Has he um, gotten banged up so much that he can't come back? Yeah, no, that that's uh, – you know, I mean, based on what you were saying a couple of weeks ago, when we talked about uh, uh, that specifically, you know, the, the between the tackles guy uh, who coming out of college was just, you know, Herschel Walker. Yeah. And what yeah. happened to Herschel Walker? You know, Herschel Walker yeah. never became the superstar that everybody thought he was going to be. And I think, I think Fournette's non elusive running backs yeah. are hard to maintain. You said there's a three to five year window mm-hmm. for some of these running backs who really perform well. But if you're not an elusive running back, it's hard to last three years. Yeah, yeah. And he's take, he, he gives it out, but he takes it too, punishment-wise. So, you know, I think – but Falls, I think, is going to open up their offense to a degree that they've never had in, in Jacksonville since um, – who was the quarterback that was there from Washington um, that was uh, far back up for a while? Mark Brunell. Oh, Brunell, right. So um, – you know, since then, I think uh, offensively they've been pretty vanilla, and that has not been, I'd say, the driving force for that franchise in the last ten or fifteen years. I mean, even guys like Westbrook, Marquise Lee, Chris Conley, and Jeff Swaim. I mean, they're not guys that you know. You're going to look at them, and the only reason I think you're going to look at them, you're not going to start them, obviously, but you're going to look at them uh, on the waiver wire for week two. These guys may be guys, you're going to get some guys hurt during week one, you know, and these guys may be decent pickups or options anyway over guys that are out there now. Well, I'll tell you, the Titans and Browns game, that gives us our first look at the pre-AFC North favorites in Cleveland. Um, Beckham's listed as questionable, but he should be playing, and I, I don't have any problem. Really rated higher than Pittsburgh, huh, Cleveland? Everybody else does. <laughs> this podcast should be very popular in Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, yeah. Be- Beckham should be playing. And, uh, he, you know, with Baker Mayfield throwing and Nick Chubb running, uh, the Browns hope uh, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, uh, Richard Higgins, uh, David Najoku all, all pony up. I don't really see an issue here with the exception of Mayfield because just because I'm not sold on him. And if I've got another option, I'm taking it. And I know that sounds counterproductive, but I think the other side stars are going to make the difference against Tennessee, where maybe Baker Mayfield is part of that, but I don't
don't see him putting up the kind of fantasy numbers uh, that you need to make him a starter unless you absolutely don't have. Unless you're, you picked him as your lead guy and your backup is somebody like Nick Foles. Well, like you said, uh, Cleveland is sort of everybody's darling right now to possibly get to the Super Bowl or win the AFC or be, be some have a very solid regular season. Yeah, at least make the playoffs. And build on what they did last year. But I'm, I haven't seen enough personally of Baker Mayfield to, to really have a great feel for him going into this year. And like along with you and several other people I've listened to, not everybody is sold on Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. at this point. That doesn't mean he's not going to have a great year or, or a good solid year and continue to build on that. But so far at this point, I'm not sold on him. So I, I, he's not, to me, he's not Tim Tebow. And I was a Tim Tebow non-liker. I won't say hater because uh, I wasn't that. But I, I never liked Tim Tebow um, and glad he's playing baseball. But to me, Baker Mayfield is sort of like that but a step above. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think he – because I never thought Tim Tebow could throw the ball well enough no. to perform consistently in the NFL. He, in college, you could craft an offense where he could get around and, and move around and make enough things happen. Baker Mayfield is somewhat like that, but he's also a decent drop-back passer and fairly accurate as well, tough, good leader. But, uh, you know, I I just – I haven't seen him do this enough over some time and be – in. Because there's sometimes you're going to go and you're going to have two, three interceptions in a game, and you're going to lose a game, and it might be losing a game because of you, you, the way you played. Can he come back from that? I don't know yet. Um, but I think you know, like you said earlier, they've got you know between Odell Beckham and Nick Chubb and and David Joku, they've got some, Jarvis Landry even. They've got some very good options out there. Oh, the Titans, uh, they have some weapons, but uh, they just never seem to put it together behind Marcus Mariota. And uh, I think, you know, uh, definitely you sit Mariota and you play Derrick Henry and Delaney Walker. Now, Corey Davis, only if you dare. Adam Humphreys and A.J. Brown, I think, are flex at best. Well, the thing with Derrick Henry, okay, first of all, quarterback-wise, I'm not a believer in Marcus Mariota in terms of what his fantasy production is is going to be. But Derrick Henry also... He had uh, a lot of yards last year, broke a thousand yards, but he really only had one or two really good games. Yeah. The rest of them were very mediocre. Yeah, very so I'm not sure Derrick Henry's a big start here. Delaney Walker, I don't think I- either. Um, the only way Delaney Walker is going to get you points is as a touchdown mm-hmm. maker, and will they even get in the red zone? I that's don't know. That's that's the tough part. With you know, you you look at Mariota, and it's like, okay. Um, Get down to get down. Whoop! There it goes the other way. You yeah. know, you get to the thirty and you're going back the other way. So. Yeah. So I mean, you know, and and Marcus Mariota is, uh, as you categorize quarterbacks these days, is a dual threat quarterback. But is he really? I mean, no, I, I don't think so. Running the ball wise, he's got some athletic ability and he's and he's fast at, and and uh, he can make some things happen. But consistency and accuracy throwing the ball wise it's just not there for me so Colts and Chargers big question out of the box Eric Kramer do you like Jacoby Brissett the fact that he went to NC State tells <laughs> me yes. and he's had yeah I know that he, was coming. he came in what a couple years ago when yeah. Andrew Luck was hurt played m- nearly the whole season and even though win-loss record wise they did not do fantastic I think they only won four or five games but they had a horrible offensive line probably the worst the Colts have ever had, or maybe the worst in the league that season in the NFL. Not a lot of players around him at that time either, but this year is different. So I think everything I've read and heard about 
Jacoby Brissett so far in this preseason and since he's been in Baltimore has been nothing but positive. And that's just not physically. That's him as a leader. And can he carry this team? Can he carry this time through some, you know, what, what are I think going to be, you know, a string of two, three, four wins in a row? Mm-hmm. Can he bounce back from a tough loss? Everything I've heard about him is that, yes, he can be that guy. You know, the uh, thing is, you know, with the shocking retirement of Andrew Luck, uh, Jacoby Brissett went from not being on anybody's draft list to on everybody's draft list. You know, even if it was a late round. And a lot of leagues it was a late round because he was like an afterthought. Because it happened, you know, right at the time um, of Luck's uh, retirement. And I got to ask you, I mean, you know, and Luck's retirement happened right at everyone's fantasy football draft. Right, exactly. Yep. You know, and as as a guy who, you know, had his banged up times and, mm-hmm. you know, taking hits, um, w- w- did you kind of, um, I don't want to say identify, but could you feel for Andrew Luck when this was happening? I mean, did that hit you a little bit too? You know, <clears throat> I guess I have to say that I guess I, I, I feel a couple different ways about this. I w- I'm curious as to when this, when this first started to occur to Andrew Luck about retiring, um, because it would obviously have, would have happened for him to have made that decision. He had to have been thinking about this mm-hmm. now for a little while. Why, did, why do it then? I'm not sure about that. I wonder why he wouldn't have started the season, and even he's still hurt, so why not start the season and not play? Mm-hmm. You know, not play for three, four, five, six weeks, then come back for the second half of the season when Jacoby Brissett's probably going to have this team in pretty good position to make a playoff run. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I wonder part of it maybe it had to do with contract. You know, it may have been something in his contract because I understand that he didn't have to give back any money. Correct. You know, so maybe that had something to do with it as far as the actual timing. Well, that, I, mean, I don't know. He, he he would have had the Colts pursued it, but they just decided not to pursue it because he's been so productive for right. them over yeah. the years. But you know, the thing about it is, is I know in a lot of leagues, you know, we talked about Gronk being retired and drafting him. A lot of guys did draft Andrew Luck on the last round, figuring he'll get the itch, he'll be feeling better, and he'll come back late in the season. Uh, it may be too late for fantasy, but in dynasty leagues, it you know um, it would be a good choice if he does come back, and especially if Jacoby uh, Brissett, ha- like you said, has him in the playoff hunt. Yeah, I don't. That's a very good point you brought up there. He, it could work very much like Gronkowski, and the season gets underway and things get going, and decide to come back, and why not? You know, he. That's. In my opinion, that's something that is more likely to happen than not to happen with Andrew Luck. At age 29, I think he's still got good years left in him. Here's the key to this, this particular, the players on these teams. Um, for me, Brissett would be a set. Now, it's a wait and see for a few games uh, because, of that, because of the situation. Um, you know, Devin Funches, Chester Rogers, Paris Campbell, and Eric Ebron, to me, along with Jack Doyle, are all flex plays. And T.Y. Hilton, to me, is the only player on this team, aside from, um, you know, uh, the running back who is not Marlon Mack and Niam Hines, will get a lot of work. That means uh, volume. So, you know, I would, I would use either one of those if I had the opportunity, at least as a flex play. But I think T.Y. Hilton's the only real start because you've got Jacoby Brissett coming in, and I know you're saying he's ready to go. And if he is ready to go, then all what I just said goes out the window. If he is not as 
ready to go because he hasn't been playing with the first team uh, and luck has, then I think everybody in that team's production goes down somewhat, at least for the first couple of games. Hmm. I don't think I look at it that way. First of all, I don't think Brissett is a sit this week. Okay. Um, you know, that de- but, you know, look who they're playing, the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, the Chargers could be pretty good this year. But at the same time, if you, maybe you have a better option than Jacoby Brissett. However, he's got a lot of weapons around him. T.Y. Hilton, his production has been just as good with Brissett over the years mm-hmm. as has been with Andrew Luck. So mm, everything I, see, I hear coming out of Baltimore is that why not Co- Jacoby Brissett? And so if, if you're going to believe in the production that T.Y. Hilton's going to still get, whether it's Luck or Brissett, then why not play Brissett? And why not play Eric Ebron? Well, this, this could be like, uh, who was the quarterback last year? The first couple of games just went crazy and then kind of faded into oblivion. And I can't think of his name because he faded into oblivion. No, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the first couple of weeks, nobody had mm-hmm. even expected anything out of him. Then all of a sudden he was the hottest thing since sliced toast. Right. But his career, if you look at it, has kind of gone like that. Like mm-hmm. he started out and had three, four, five games in a row where he's been on fire and then fizzled. That's likely what he's going to do if he gets to start the season this year in Miami. But I don't look at Jacoby Brissett that way. I think he's a much more um, oh, uh, consistent performer. I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to take a ton of chances. I think he's going to. I think he's a good decision maker. I think he's he's athletic enough to get himself out of trouble sometimes, and uh, I think he knows the offense now that he's been there in Baltimore a, a while. And Frank Reich, don't. Mm-hmm. You know, discount the fact that Frank Reich was a quarterback coach on the mm-hmm. Eagles team when they won the Super Bowl. So he's familiar, and he's been around. He was in that Buffalo Bill offense with Jim Kelly all those years. He, he was a quarterback with USFL. Well, <laughs> you just taught me. So you got it. I mean, I, I think Frank Reich is uh, a great uh, play caller and head coach for Jacoby Brissett and that entire offense. So I think, uh, you know, I think that the Colts do have some good options along with T.Y. Hilton offensively. Well, because they're playing the Colts, I, I like everyone pretty much on the Chargers. You know, I, I mean, there's no Mel- Melvin Gordon. That's not going to happen. So Austin Eckler is going to start. He's a definite play. Justin Jackson, good flex play. Uh, Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams, even Travis Benjamin, are, I think are viable starters with Hunter Henry. Uh, Phillip Rivers, I think, is going to have one of his best days on Sunday. So I think uh, it's a Chargers blowout, probably three TDs and 300 yards passing for Rivers. I don't think so. Uh, not that the Chargers won't do well, but it's not going to be a blowout. The Colts are an, a Super Bowl-caliber team. Just Andrew Luck happened to retire a couple weeks ago. That's the only difference. And That's a pretty big if. <laughs> well, it's that's not an if. It's a definite. When he retired, that uh, so the if is, Jac- can Jacoby Brissett come in and do anything in the same ballpark? Not even to exceed, but in, can he be in the same ballpark as Andrew Luck? I think he can. And so I think this is not going to be a blowout. In fact, I think the Colts might even win this game. Right. Yeah, I think okay. not well, having well, Melvin Gordon could be a big blow for the Chargers. I, well, no, I think it is. I, I like Austin Eckler, though, and uh, I think he's going to have a big game. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. You know, Bengals and Seahawks. Andy Dalton, to me, is a second-line starter in deeper leagues. Joe Mixon, definite. Giovanni Bernard, 
okay as a flex play. Uh, A.J. Green is out, so Damian Willis is decent as a start at wide receiver. Uh, Tyler Boyd, John Ross will see some extra targets as well, but I think Willis is a start if you have him. Yeah, and I like Zach uh, Taylor, the you know the, the head coach and now his own offensive coordinator. He's done a lot, I think, to open up uh, this offense and make believers of the guys who are actually being productive in the offense. And I think, you know, for that reason, I think the Bengals have a lot of good options there this week. And then the Seahawks, obviously, defensively, I think, is a strength of their team. And, um, you know, uh, D- DK Metcalf, I think, is a, a, the type of receiver that Russell Wilson has not ever had. Right. So, uh, you know, he, they're going to have, I think, uh, some good options. Obviously, Mike Davis left and went to the Bears, but Chris Carson at running back is an excellent option. Very productive, elusive, powerful type of running back. David Moore is another good option uh, at wide out. So, yeah, I uh, think I think the Seahawks have some good options there too. I think uh, Tyler Lockett's uh, going to be a, a good uh, play this week because I think he's going to see more targets because we don't know about Metcalf. You know, he's recovered from that uh, from surgery. He's only a couple of weeks recovered, and he's still uh, questionable. That that's that may be a game time decision. That may be a game day decision. Now, Pete Carroll is saying, you know, he's yeah, he's looks like he's going to be ready to go, and you know, in the whole nine yards. But at the moment, he's still listed as questionable. I, I I picked him in both leagues. I love the guy, and uh, I think that uh, if he is healthy, as he's ready to go, I'm probably borderline starting him uh, over the other guys I have. Uh, let's go to the uh, 49ers and Bucks. Um, does it get any uglier than this? <laughs> Kevin Coleman uh, starting over Matt Breida, but expect Breida to get plenty of work. I can't see Garoppolo starting over half the other quarterbacks in the league. Uh, Dante Pettis is questionable. Trent Taylor is out uh, uh, at wideout. Uh, that leaves with Marquise Goodwin uh, to get a lot of targets, especially since Jalen Hurd is doubtful. So uh, Goodwin is borderline start. Uh, or at least he's a flex play. I, w- I would make him that for sure. Tight end George Kittle, I mean, you know, he's going to get lots of targets, and he may get more targets. Um, and, you know, He's a frontline starter. Yeah, I believe you're right. I think even if – Somehow they drop, like all two or three quarterbacks go down this game and Kyle Shanahan has to come in at quarterback. <laughs> George Kittle is going to get plenty of opportunities. But I think when you mentioned before, the, is this gonna, can there be an uglier game than this? I think the 49ers are going to surprise some people this year. Yeah, yeah I do. I think they, they, despite their quarterback situation being as miserable as it was last year, they still did some good things offensively, which I think they've been building on this preseason. And I think Garoppolo is going to surprise some people too. I think, you know, he's um, – it, it may not. They may not jump all over people, and especially the Buccaneers this very first game. But I think they're going to get on a roll at some point in the season. And Garoppolo and the rest of that crew is going to be, a, you know, good for a lot of fantasy football owners. Oh yeah, on the Bucks side, I got Jameis Winston. I think Jameis Winston's solid. Uh, Howard and it's going to rotate with Cameron Brait. Uh, although he's he's the starter, I think they're better options. But if Howard is the best you got, then go with it. Uh, Peyton Barber, he's going to start, uh, and uh, Ronald Jones will be getting some action. Both Chris Godwin and uh, uh, Rashad Perriman are okay. Uh, Mike Evans was questionable, so you want to keep an eye on the wires uh, for later in the week on him because he's a definite start if he's uh, not questionable or doubtful, whichever. Hmm. I'm not sure I'd take Jameis Winston in any matchup this no? year. I yeah. don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. Um, Bruce Arians has worked a lot of quarterback magic over the years, but I'm not seeing it so far with James Winston. I'm not Winston. a big James Winston fan, to be honest with you. And uh, I, I just 
I've never really seen it from him. I think the talent's there, and I don't know why it's not coming to the forefront uh, as a smooth NFL quarterback. Mm. See, I don't, when I look at Jameis Winston, I don't see that. Um, I, I see a guy that's very questionable decision maker at times and can get sort of try to do too much at times and not just be okay with, you know, hey, we throw the ball away on third down, punt, and see what happens when we get the ball back. And I think uh, you – and it's not just one series. You might have to do that for a quarter or half a quarter. And until the tide starts to shift, maybe let your defense make some plays and get you back in the game. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think Jameis Winston's had that sort of perspective so far in his career. Maybe that can change this year, but I'm not – sold that it's going to happen. Well, Giants and Cowboys, uh, this one hurts. <laughs> that hurts for those of us who have Ezekiel Elliott on our teams. Yep. We keep yep. asking that question, when will Jerry Jones give in? Please, please, Jerry Jones, give in. And as of uh, when we're recording this podcast, he Jones reportedly has made an offer that sounds pretty good. Zeke has not gotten back to him, so this may change. Uh, so we're counting at the moment Zeke is out. So Tony Pollard is a definite play. Zeke who? Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and uh, Pollard is, is – you know, expected to get some big points due to the fact that he's he's going to be the, the volume guy. Alfred Morris might be a flex handcuff of sorts. Uh, Dak Prescott, I think, is a go. I like Michael Gallup, but Randall Cobb, eh, pure flex. Amari Cooper, uh, question mark. That foot injury has plagued him since uh, college, and he's expected to play. But we should know more later in the week, so keep an eye on the wires for that. If he's not a go, then elevate Cobb uh, to starter status, uh, pick up Tavon Austin off the waiver wire ahead of next week's activity. Well, you know, I, I I agree with everything you said there. I like Dak Prescott a lot. I think the last part of the year, especially that last game of the regular season, um, you know, he, he – I'd say the last four, five, six games leading up to that last game, he did a phenomenal job. And, uh, you know, yes, the, the offense is kind of based on Ezekiel at, the, at this point or built around him, but uh, Dak Prescott is, I think, far exceeded everyone's expectations so far not only in Dallas, but throughout the NFL, and has gained a lot of respect for doing that. I think Amari Cooper, as you said, mm, he's going to play. And so if he's going to play, I'm, I'm assuming he's healthy. So mm-hmm. I, I would play Amari Cooper. He's just he's too productive not to play him. Uh, and, the, and the Giants are not known for being a great defensive team at this point. That's true. I think the big question with the Giants is how long before Daniel Jones takes over for Eli Manning? <laughs> why not? Well, if that is the biggest question, then why not start him now? Because uh, the, the Giants are not going to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. So why not? And Daniel Jones, of all the young quarterbacks this coming out this year, has looked by far the best. Yeah, he's, he's looked really solid. You know, uh, I, I think that uh, Evan Ingram, a solid starter, obviously Barkley. Um, Cody Latimer, Dennis Flower, Sterling Shepard, guys you want to keep an eye on. Shepard should be a solid go, but also was questionable coming into this week. So, uh, he again, a late-week decision for you. Well, you know, the Giants, unfortunately – not only did Ob- Odell Beckham go to Cleveland, but then they started out training camp with a rash of injuries, mostly at wide receiver, including Sterling Shepard. So I, I think uh, from what I've heard, Sterling Shepard's back and playing well now, even though he had, didn't get a lot of preseason time. So, yeah, I think Sterling's probably one of the better slot receivers in the league, and 
I think would be a, f- a fantastic play there. Uh, Lions Cardinals Detroit, Detroit looks uh, pretty solid, if not spectacular. Matt Stafford to start in most leagues, uh, as are Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. Uh, I think you make uh, Danny Amendola uh, a borderline starter, uh, definite flex, uh, tight end. Uh, the outlaw Jesse James—that's my nickname for him. All, all <laughs> the outlaw Jesse James listed first on the depth chart, but you know T.J. Hawkinson, uh, who you really like, and I do too. Number one draft pick gets a—I think he gets a lot of action to get some targets, and I. I, I like him to start, actually. Um, C.J. Anderson could get some TDs, so I'd give him a flex look, uh, especially if you're borderline with some other guys, and carry on Johnson uh, getting the start if you have him. Yeah, I, I starting with Matthew Stafford, I like him. I think he, fantasy football-wise, he's going to put up some great numbers throughout the entire season. Whether, But I think you know the Lions really this year, the way they ended the season last year is predicated on – their defense and having an excellent defensive line. That's what I think if Matthew Stafford can go in the first three, four, five games this year and re- learn to rely on that defense and not have to think he's got to make every single throw mm-hmm. That's always to been win his problem, games. Hasn't it? Well, it, so far. But I think hopefully he's getting the picture now that you don't have to win every series. You know, the idea is to win the game at the end of the game. You don't have to win every down throughout the game. I think he's got to learn how to – you know, make better decisions. Sometimes that's throwing the ball away and punting and letting your defense maybe get a turnover. Mm-hmm. Matt Patricia is an excellent defensive coordinator coming over from the Patriots. So let them do what they do defensively. And I think Matthew Stafford's a fantastic quarterback, but I think mentally he can become an even better decision maker. Oh, I think so too. You know, I liken them to Matt Ryan uh, mainly because it's maybe it's the names. I don't know, uh, but uh, they both came up about the same time. And I've always liked Stafford. Again, it's always been um, he hasn't been top five. He's always been yeah top, physically top ten. Physically, you know? he's top two or three. Yeah, but but mentally putting that whole game together and learning how to how to make good decisions and distribute the ball and take your chances when they're appropriate to take. It's, I think, his biggest hurdle. Uh, Cardinals, a hot mess as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I think David Johnson. <laughs> David Johnson, to me, is even a tough start, but you have to start him because of the volume. He's going to get you the volume. And I'm not starting Kyler Murray. I'm not starting uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, you know, he's uh, to me, he's a flex play. Uh, Christopher Kirk is a flex play. Charles Clay is a sit. Trent Sheffield, Michael Crabtree, eh, they pick him. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, to me, the Cardinals kind of, fall from grace right now has to do with Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, yeah. Not that, you know, he's not, a, I don't know much about him. I think he's been a good offensive mind, but is he the answer for the Cardinals as a, as a head coach? I don't think so. I, he, he didn't even have enough great, you know, NFL contacts to come in and set his own coaching staff. So he had to rely on the general manager to put most of that together. So I think, um, you know, Kyler Murray having a first-year quarterback with a first-year head coach for the second year in a row is probably not a great option for all the other options on Arizona's offense. Well, you know, Sunday night, Steelers, Patriots, dude. <laughs> Always a highlight You're game. perking up. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. So, um, Although it is the Patriots are having Yeah, I know. I can't stand the Patriots. Um, so I'm going to let you talk about the Patriots. I'll talk about the Steelers, and then I'll let you attack me on the Steelers. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll just say who's not a great pick this week, and that's Tom Brady. Um, I, I agree with you. So I, I think, you know, the, having said that, they could go on and win the Super Bowl this year. But I don't think it's going to be because Brady throws for 5,000 yards. Uh, I think they, like they've done a lot of times in the past, they're going to play good, solid defense like they did in the Super Bowl. 
and they're going to take their shots when they can offensively. They're going to be sort of uh, Sony Michelle's going to be paired up with one of the running back or two and get some of the carries. James White, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think – I don't see a lot of production out of just one guy on anybody on with New England. And, and Josh Gordon's a wild card. You they're know, all wild He's, he's, he's going to be really – I mean, you got Edelman too. I mean, Josh Gordon is like – He's got so much talent if he can just stay on the field. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But there's there's nobody there to start the season in a, in a New England uniform that just goes. I cannot not start this guy. Yeah, and you know the other thing is, uh, um, uh, Keneal Harry uh, went on IR. He's out. Can't even practice for six weeks. He's out for eight weeks, which basically kills the fantasy season. So for guys like us who picked him early uh, in a dynasty league, that's okay. But in a regular fantasy league. Um, Mm. Uh, I dropped him today, uh, actually, and, and picked up somebody else. I really did. Uh, we, Hope you don't I, come back and regret I was sitting that. outside the studio, and uh, I dropped him. But I didn't drop him in my dynasty league. I dropped him in my regular league because I, I just I can't do it. All right, Steelers. Issue here is pressure. Uh, Steelers never went in Foxborough, but it's a Monday, uh, Sunday night showcase. So without all the distractions, I think Ben should have a big game. He'll likely throw at least one pick. Uh, James Conner, <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster, solid starters, as is Vance right. McDonald. They question marks. James Washington, who's listed as a backup, but I think you'll see him do much better and get more targets than Dante Moncrief and Ryan Switzer. Jalen Samuels gets some third down action, but really not a play here unless you're hurting for a flex. And here's the real tip. If you're in a dynasty league, grab Mason Rudolph. He really looks good. It looks like the heir apparent to Ben. However, Ben you know, is uh, going to play for a few more years. But if Ben should go down, Mason Rudolph, the preseason, especially that last game, looked very smooth as his backup, and he won the backup position over jo- um, 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 Dobbs. Uh, Josh, Dobbs, Josh yeah. Dobbs. And I said earlier, I really like the improved Steeler defense, which should have at least two takeaways in this game. If you're talking so much about the possible backup quarterback of the Steelers, <laughs> you must love this team. Uh, I, I do. You know, I, I, but not only that, I mean, Mason Rudolph was a – a high draft pick. I mean, yeah, they got him. Yeah, you know, I, I and, get it. And he, I, I love watching this kid. I mean, I think he's. I think he's going to be a star in the NFL once Ben retires. Okay, but it's not going to be this week. No, right? No, but you know, and, and the reason I say again, you never know when somebody's going to get hurt. You know, and Ben doesn't get hurt like he used to. But you know, he is thirty-seven, and hopefully, he will be there for sixteen games without an injury. Well, I I will agree with you on on the Steelers. I think they've got a lot of good options. James Conner obviously is a great pick. Juju Smith-Schuster also. I I believe like you. I think that uh, you know um, James Washington is going to step up like he did in the preseason mm-hmm. and probably carry that through the regular season. Um, and I, when you compare, like Ryan Switzer is more the you know kind of traditional uh, smaller slot quicker receiver. Right, sort of like an Edelman of type of guy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he's still young, too. Yep, yep. So, yeah, I think um, yeah, I think Pittsburgh's got some good options here offensively. And, um, you know, I, I don't see as – however, say how, however, saying that, I think they're going to take, take a step back uh, with, I think, t- trying to do a little less offensively, at least in the early part of the season. Let their defense catch up take control of some games, run the ball a little bit more, and not rely on Ben throwing the ball 50 times a game. Cool. Two Monday night games, Texas and Saints, Broncos uh, play the Raiders. I think the Texas and Saints, I think we all like Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, so no issues there. But Duke Johnson, 
Carlos Hyde, no more than flex plays. Will Fuller's a start, I think. Uh, Kenny's still still a flex at best after just coming over uh, to the team. And Jordan Aikens, uh, not really a play, I don't think. The defense takes a bit of a dive, too, losing Jadavion Clowney. And that's shocking blockbuster trade. Well, y- yes, uh, obviously. Yeah. But I think the fact that we had touched on this a little earlier, how when they got Larry Mutunsel, Mm-hmm. The, the Texans, I think, shored up what has been a black hole for offensively for them for the mm-hmm. last few years. And now Deshaun uh, Watkins is, or Watson is going to be able to take advantage. They're going to throw the ball, I think, more now with Larry Mutunsel at left tackle than they would have without him. And I, I like that trade, you know. I was surprised at the, the Clowney trade. I mean, that came from out of nowhere. Yeah. Were you? Yeah, I, I, Davian Clowney is one of the better defensive end pass rusher outside linebacker types in the NFL. So, yeah, I'm a little, um, I don't know, confused by it, but obviously if he didn't want to be there, that's what they had to do. And yeah. I think, like you mentioned earlier, DeAndre Hopkins offensively is you can't get a better option than that as a receiver. And I think Will Fuller, now that he's back healthy again, is a fantastic number two option and stretches the field. He's every bit, I think, um, you know, a solid receiver as anybody out there right now. I think uh, on the Saints side, no issues really. You have, <laughs> if you have a Saint, you're in heaven basically. <laughs> uh, start any one of them, with the possible exception of uh, Traquan Smith, who could be a flex, and Ted Ginn, who's never been consistent enough to start. Breeze, Kamara, Thomas, Cook, all those guys are solid. Enough said. Yeah, I I, I agree. If you got the Saints, you're you're going to be doing just fine fantasy football. And I think in the last game of the week, uh, Broncos-Raiders, Joe Flacco, I think, is the start, along with Philip Lindsay mm. and Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he's coming back from an injury, but I think he's solid. Uh, I'll call Cortland Sutton a flex. Uh, Jeff Howerman uh, listed as questionable tight end, so rookie Noah Fant could see some action. And I like Royce Freeman as a flex as well. Theo Riddick, eh, but on IR. Joe Flacco, huh? You know, I don't, I'm not a big Flacco fan. I never have been. You know, and part of that was because he played in Baltimore and he did so much. Stuff. But even <laughs> before, I, I just have never been a fan of his. But I think in Denver against the Raiders, I think I think he's he's going to have a good game. I really do. All I mean, right. he's going to want to come out and show John Elway that hey, I'm the guy you selected. I'm going to and I'm the guy to lead this team. Well, mm, okay. However, Joe Flacco's production over the last well, ever since they won the Super Bowl, has gone down mm-hmm. almost every single That's season, true. and Which got why replaced not in Baltimore anymore, and got replaced by Lamar Jackson last year. So, mm, I don't really see a ton of dynamic talent around Joe Flacco for Joe Flacco himself to be all that successful, at least in fantasy football number wise. I think he's going to have to rely on what Denver's defense has now become, mm-hmm. and play field position football and potentially be there at the end of the game to win a drive, to, to put a game-winning drive together and come out of this thing with a win. I don't necessarily think he's going to show up and throw for 285 yards and three touchdowns. I yeah, don't I, I don't think he's going to get that. I, I, yeah, I think a couple of touchdowns and maybe a couple of hundred yards. Uh, you know, I, I think he's maybe one long one, you know, which adds a little bit to it. I think what Joe brings – to the Denver Broncos at this point in Joe's career is that he's become a solid, you know, efficient player where he doesn't make a ton of mistakes, first of all, to lose you games, but he also doesn't make a ton of dynamic plays either. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and they don't have a number of dynamic players around him. That's true. You know, the Raiders and Antonio Brown and Derek Carr. Now, Carr, I think, is to start in deeper leagues. Brown, who really dropped from the draft list, going from like 1, 2, 3 to like 8, 10, 12. So he's, I think he's if you don't know to get 
to not get in a cryogenic therapy pool without <laughs> things on your feet, you, what is wrong with you? I know. I, I, he has just been so off the rails the last year more than anything else, just the last year. And I just don't understand it. The guy would, you know, but he is what he is. A.B. is A.B. And then, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs may find the get, uh, going rough the first time out, but I think he's a start along with uh, Hunter mm-hmm. Renfro. Terrell Williams, uh, I think it's one to watch. He's been questionable, and I don't see any reason to start tight end Darren Waller. Um, uh, your comment. Well, I think Derek Carr is going to be the beneficiary of John Gruden being his new offensive coordinator and uh, also the head coach. And, you know, they got Antonio Brown. And, and as you mentioned, Josh Jacobs, I think, is going to grow into the role of being the dominant back there in, so in Oakland's offense. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think uh, the Raiders are going to be a different Raider team this year than they were last year. They've had a chance now. Gruden's really had a chance to, to um, set the tone for that team as to what he expects. After going, going through the season last year, having some frustrations, and this year being able to set the tone with, hey, this is if you want to be here for any length of time, you can do it my way. You got it. And there you have it. This week's Fantasy Football Podcast. Join us each coming Tuesday uh, for a look at the upcoming NFL games. Uh, you can find us uh, on Radio.com, the mobile app, Libsum, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. The easiest way, perhaps, is just go to our website. That's KramerandBrill.com, and that's podcasts are listed on the podcast page, or you can find them just by clicking the top of the homepage. Check it out, KramerandBrill.com. You can reach us, by the way, via the contact page, Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Podcast, copyrighted by Brill Productions and any unauthorized use with the express written permission of Brill Productions is strictly prohibited. However, we do suggest that you share it. We request that you share it to as many people as you like. For Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill. Join us next time for Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Podcast.